everybody, this is Brandon again from Mongrade. This is episode nine. I got Devin back in studio. He was on last episode, but we decided, you know, we had such a following from the first episode that we're going to do another special with this special about building a company. So we're going to do episode nine. This is leadership and construction. So Devin, welcome back to the studio, man. Hey, thanks for having me on again. Uh, Happy St. Patty's Day, by the way. We should be uh, and neither one of us are wearing green tonight. Yeah, Yeah. we we dropped the ball on that. Definitely did. Um, So, Devin, what has in the last few weeks? What you know, the Con Expo's going on this week. Everybody's kind (laughs) of talking about social media and marketing and all that stuff. Um, What's something that you're seeing with the leadership in construction right now that you see maybe needs to improve? Ah, well, where do you start? really depends. I mean, you got so many aspects of it and it can all be boiled down to really the same thing. But when you're talking about the marketing side of thing, it's really painting a vision of where you want to put the company. Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? That's how I look at it is at the end of the day, it's like no different than running the company. You got to have a vision of where you want to go with the company. You got to have a vision of what you want to do and you got to be able to decide what that is and chase it. You know, and that's, that's the big thing on the marketing side of things. There's a ton of companies out there doing marketing. If you're going to do marketing in the, the dirt world, I think you really need to focus on someone who, who sticks to that, specialize in that. You know, any industry, it's like our industry. You're going to hire guys that can do cotton fill. You're going to hire guys that do septic. You're going to hire guys that do grading. You know, they're all in the dirt world, but at the end of the day, everyone specializes in their own thing. When it comes to marketing, you definitely got to run with somebody who's going to definitely represent the brand properly but you have to be able to identify what your brand is what your vision is what your goals are for sure who's someone you would say right now that is truly showing that building the brand and stuff like that company wise or marketing wise probably both well i mean a lot of the big guys like the big players even the manufacturers you look at cat and deer you know con expo is a perfect example of that right like they're they've realized and embraced social media as a way to basically bring the next generation into the industry, right? So that's why you're seeing all the manufacturers and the big players putting so much money into marketing, into reaching out, getting people out, touching equipment, seeing equipment, the marketing behind Con Expo. Ultimately, to me, that's like the the main reason they're doing that. And the main goal behind it is to really push the industry out there and get it in front of more people's faces so that people start realizing and seeing, you know, shit, we can make a living doing this. It's a good industry. It's a good job, you know, and that's really what it comes down to. And that's starting top down. You look at, you know, Caterpillar and Deer and all Liebherr, all the big manufacturers are doing it and they're doing it with the intent of putting it out there. You know, for so long we had that giant push to go to university, go to college, get a good job, you know, and the trades kind of fell to the wayside and the blue collar industry is just kind of getting to the point. Now we're seeing it when you're trying to hire there's a lag you have you know older guys and you have some young guys coming in but there's a big lag in the middle where you had all that group of people that went to university and they went and got the nine to five office jobs because for the longest time that blue collar industry was just kind of pushed to the wayside and disappeared or hidden so to speak and now they're really putting money into pushing that brand and that image and you know bringing it into the 21st century that's really what con expo is is one to showcase the equipment but two to really get people interested in the industry as a whole yeah i was i know you and me were both talking we both wanted to go this year neither one of us are there um i know too too much i know both our luke (laughs) friends are there they actually 
think they did their podcast there at the Con Expo, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I texted Luke last week about it. He said they were getting ready to head up there. So, um, what does it take in your eyes to be a leader in construction? Well, it's kind of twofold, right? You have you have different levels of leadership in a good company, you know, and the bigger you get the more levels you add to that. So you're going to have, you know, your office team, you're going to have your field team, you're going to have, you know, all the different areas of the business are going to get broken down into different leadership areas. You know, you're going to have your superintendents or your managers and, and stuff that are going to lead their portion of the industry or their portion of the business, you know, which is specific to what they're doing as a whole for the company. The owner's job is to paint the vision of the company, you know, and that's, that's where a lot of people kind of lose track of things. You know, when you start, you get excited, you have these big plans, you know, and then you get into it and you get sucked down into the day-to-day nitty-gritty stuff. And it's very easy to get tunnel visioned on this job or this project or this thing we're doing. The thing that people forget and you got to remember as the owner of the company, you constantly have to be painting a vision of where the company is going. What's the future look like? And that vision has to be big enough to be able to encompass everyone in the company. You got to be able to paint a picture so big that every one of your employees fits into that vision, you know, and that's one thing that a lot of people lose track of and lose sight of when they get down and get sucked into being in the company and working in the day to day, you forget to so much paint that picture to everyone of where it is we're going and what we're going to do and what we're going to achieve. And that's something that a lot of people need to practice and do better at is literally being sure that you can paint a vision and a picture so big that everybody in your company can see that vision where we're going and they can see themselves where they're going to be, you know, in that vision. That's, that's really what our role is as the owner of a company, as a leader of a company. When you look at the hundred foot view of leadership, that's what it is. When you break it down to the smaller phases, you got to pass that vision on to all your lower management so they can do the same in their departments and help everybody see what the main goal of the company is. It's easy to, to lose sight of that. I think the best thing that we probably both took from the military that have helped us with our companies is we learned that you hold your leadership accountable. Um, and I get all my guys about it. I tell them all the time. I'm like, Hey, if I'm not doing something, I get it. I'm the owner of the company, but you need to address it with me. And I'll ask my guys opinion every Friday when we have our operations meeting, I go, Hey guys, I'll go around the table and I go, Hey guys, this is what we need to get done next week. This is what, how I want it executed. You guys commit, you guys make it happen. I try to kind of follow the philosophy of military operations when I do construction. I have the, the you're going to remember this when you hear it. <laughs> I have the commander's intent. I'm the commander, so I give the intent. I don't care how you do it. I don't care what way you do it, as long as the mission is accomplished at the end of the day. If you think you can do it better with this machine versus this machine, that's great. I'll give you my input and say, hey, I would probably try to do it with this. But, hey, you're the guy that's out there in the field, on the ground, going, okay, this is the situation now. I should probably handle this. Well, that's how you build confidence in your leadership. And that's the big thing is you have guys – you have to build – you got to pour into your guys. you got to build them up to a point. But then there's a certain point. It's like kids. You know, you have to let them go out on their own and make their own decisions. And as an owner, it's very easy to get stuck micromanaging and trying to, you know, manage every little mundane task that goes on throughout the day. But as the company grows and scales, it's not even physically possible to do it anymore. And you have to get in the practice of pouring into your company and pouring into your people 
and then putting them out there and letting them make their choices, their decisions, and learn the lessons. You know, you may have you may have done it already, and you know that this doesn't work for this reason. But the guy that's making the decision may not have already seen that before, and he needs to make that decision and not so much fail. You don't want to let them fail, but you want to let them, you know, make a couple decisions and then see how that plays out so that they can make better better decisions in the future. And that's that's all part of learning. And as an owner, you have to be able to do that. You have to be willing to do that. And sometimes that comes at a cost. You know, sometimes there's lost time. Sometimes there's lost production. But if you don't ever let them do that, they're never going to make that choice. They're never going to know how to do it. And then they're going to, they're not going to build that confidence in themselves to make those calls and make those decisions. And ultimately you need that. If you want to build a company, you want to build a big company, you got to build the leadership. It's all part of the process. And it starts from the top. The key of it is, is you have to go in there with the right mentality. You have to go into this knowing, Hey, I want to build a good culture in my company. And when you want to build a good culture, when you show that you're there for your guys and you show that you're there to lead from the front and not from behind, whether that's picking up a shovel and helping them clean up the street or <laughs> being out there with the guys till eight o'clock at night, cause they got to get something done, you know, to beat the schedule or, you know, picking up the phone and calling them and saying, Hey, I heard you're going through some stuff at home. You know, if you need anything, let me know. Just little things like that is what builds a good culture in a company. And I think what a lot of people are failing to realize is, you know, the labor shortages, all this stuff. Yes, that is a industry issue, but it can be an industry issue or it can be a company issue too. You know, I know tons of guys right now that they're full up with guys because they got a good culture in their company. They don't, they're not begging, borrowing or stealing to get guys to come because the word of mouth has been going around about them that, Hey, you know, this is a great company. You know, I want a shot to work for these guys. You know, how many companies, you know, of, and I'm just, you know, I'm not here to toot my own horn or nothing, but how many companies have you heard of after 90 days, you get three days of sick days. Yeah. It's, it's, it's I same. offer that. Yep. Um, I offer after one year, one week of vacation as an operator paid week, 40 hour week. Um, two years, two weeks, three years, three weeks, and we cap it three weeks. But I mean, it's still pretty darn good for being an equipment operator. Hundred percent. And at the end of the day, you got to remember, like, your guys are what help you do everything. Without them, you couldn't do a quarter of what you do. Yeah. And if you don't take care of them, they're not going to take care of you. And that's really what it comes down to: is looking out for their best interests. At the end of the day, owning a company and running a company means that everybody else eats first you got to put all these people and all their families ahead of you. You're in charge of their well-being. You're in charge of steering the ship and making sure that they have a job and a paycheck and everything that comes along with that. You know, and then the culture is the second part of that. People will work for money, but you can make money anywhere. People want to stay somewhere that they like going to. They have good culture. They respect the people they work for. They respect the leadership. You know, and that comes down to, like you said, leading from the front. And at the end of the day, People are always going to, everyone's going to have a different level of what their idea of good enough is, you know, and this person might be 60% of your standard, 70% of your standard, 50% of it, 20%, you know, everyone's got different levels of what they consider to be good enough. But one thing that's going to always hold true in a company and culture, whatever standard you set at the top, the guy below you is going to do a little bit less and the guy below him is going to do a little bit less and the guy below him little less and that'll trickle down in the company like a cancer you got to make sure that as the leader you're setting the highest possible standard that you can so that way by the time it gets to the bottom ranks it's still super high if you just 
don't show up on time and you're, you know, dog fucking and taking off and not looking after the guys and not looking after the best interests, they see that, you know, and they're just going to keep repeating what they see over and over again. It may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, but that gets festered in a company and it's like a cancer, man. It kills it. Yeah, the other thing you got to look at, too, that a lot of people don't realize what to do, and it's something I, I don't mean to go back a little bit, but we were talking about micromanaging. When you are a true leader, what you do is there's no reason once you build a company up to a point where you're, say, got a superintendent, project manager, estimator, those guys should run their departments. So if you're the superintendent, you should run the field. If you're the project manager, you and the superintendent are equal. You two should be coordinating together. He's handling all the behind the scenes things for you. He's handling the change orders, you know, the billing, the, you know, logistics part of the job. Superintendents coordinating with the foreman's to make sure it's getting done out in the field. So as an owner, your job should be at that point in more of a, in more of an observation job. You should be not even saying nothing. You should probably be going behind them a little bit, but not to the point where it's obvious going behind them and saying hey i saw how you did this change order last week um you know you left this part out if you had written it this way there's no other way that they could construe this change order to say hey um well it's in your change order to do that work no it's not so it's just you're, you're mentoring your guys like as an owner you should be mentoring your leadership so you should be mentoring your your field staff you should be mentoring your office staff to take eventually to move up to the point where if you want to be that owner that can take off six months out of the year, like some of these guys do and go hunting or whatever they do that you build a staff strong enough that they go, Hey man, this is something Brandon would do, or this is something Devin would do in this situation. And if you build that culture in a company, you know, it'll build itself. And that, and that's something that I'm in the process of. I'm finally at that point now where I'm not having to be involved in the nitty gritty anymore. I've got the right guys in place now where I can kind of step back a little more. I don't step back completely, but um, I can put, I can put out the marching orders and I just make sure it's getting done. Well, that's the thing. And that's the whole goal of building a company is in the beginning, it takes all your time. It takes yeah. everything, you know, and ultimately it become you become so invested in it that it's your it's your hobby it's your job it's your life it's your social life it's everything you know and it's easy to be there all the time because it's just what you know you spend four or five six ten years doing it it's a routine at this point you know and i don't think any business owner well i shouldn't say any business owner most business owners don't build a company with the intent of you know maybe the, the when they start the thought is oh i'll get all this freedom and stuff but once you get into it you develop a love for it where you like it's it's enjoyable running the day-to-day -day stuff and being there and seeing the work and doing it and talking to the customers that's that's the fun part of the job it becomes fun at that point you know and it never really is with the intent that that point to just get away and it'll just run itself the whole intent is to make it so it can though and you want to be able to keep mentoring those people and building those people up so that it is to the point where if you don't show up for three weeks everything keeps going and nothing changes that's how effective your leadership should be. And that's the goal you should be striving for a hundred percent with it. And it starts with you. And that's the, that's the key that it takes guys is when you're building that company, you know, we just talked last episode about starting your company. This is the middle part of it. You've built the initial start. You've got some good clients. You've kind of got going in that right direction. 
you're starting to bring on some management for you because you can't live out of your truck anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You have too many guys working for you and you got too much work. So you are starting to build that nucleus of guys that are going to be under you. And the key with that is don't bite off more than you can chew with it. So what I mean by that is, okay, you've got a good superintendent. He's younger, maybe. If you have that opportunity, take him under your shoulder for a few months and go, hey, man, you're going to ride around with me, and I'm going to teach you how I want you to do this job and what I expect of you. And if you can do that and you set those expectations and then you follow up with that person, I can guarantee you nine times out of ten that guy is going to do everything he can to prove to you that I'm the guy for your job, for this job. And then you do that with your foremans. You go, after you get your superintendent the way you want him, you go, okay, this is your boss. And you have him take them around to the jobs and how he wants the job run. And then you get your operators and you go, Hey guys, I know you came from this company. This is the way you guys did this. Well, guess what? This is not how we do it here. And you build that culture from the start of training your guys to be thinkers, to be think outside the box, think of an easier way to do something. You know, there's a hundred ways to skin a cat. 99 ways probably ain't the fastest and that one way is the best. (laughs) Try to get it where they figure out that one way. And that starts with, you know, communication. Make sure you know when you're talking to your guys, clear, concise instructions. Don't go just go, hey, that pile of dirt over there? Yeah, just move it. Well, where do I move it? Just move it. That's not helping anybody. No. You know. It never does. Now, you know, there's there's this culture, and I came from this culture, and this was also because when I was coming up, guys were a little more adamant to give you the time to talk to you the old school guys were a little more different about this they would sit you down and go okay hey we're doing this right now what are we going to do next and in field leadership you always want to be in any kind of leadership you want to be thinking three steps ahead you don't want to be dealing with the box you're sitting in right now you want to think about the boxes two boxes ahead of you because if you're sitting there going man I'm going to be finishing up this moisture conditioning tomorrow and I got to get select in here and I even got a proctor done yet. There's no excuse for that. You should have been like, Hey, I'm, I'm on my second slot. I've got four slots. Hey, I'm going to call the trucking company. Hey, come dump me a test load of select out here. Get with the general contractor. Go, Hey, I need to get the lab out here. Oh, lab can't get out here. That's cool. Throw the bucket in my truck, take the initiative, get it to the lab. Because as we know right now, the labs are taking instead of two to three days to give you an analysis on a lotus of whatever you're doing. It could be four to five days right now. So get that taken care of. It's little things like this guys is what's going to take is going to build you a successful company. It's guys that want to take that initiative and you reward that initiative. You know, we give out gift cards to our guys a couple times a month. If we can do it, we swing it. If we can swing it, we do it. Like if we, we got a guy that really just kicked butt all week, we're like, hey, man, you kicked ass. Here's 200 bucks. It's a little Visa gift card. It don't seem like much, but to that operator, that's that's huge. You know, that's that's taking his wife out on a date or getting his kid that X, helping get that Xbox his kid wants or something. It's just the little things like that, man, that, that that's what separates you from the rest of them. Well, don't be scared to show appreciation, but also for if you're in a company right now, you're working, you're running a machine, you got to think from an owner's perspective, you have to be taking the initiative 
to want to think three steps ahead. And if you're in a company and you're taking the time and taking the initiative and thinking three steps ahead and trying to always be on the ball to help the company move forward, you know, that's what your goal should be. If you want to advance in the industry, you want to move up in the company, that's what you need to do. You have to stop thinking about, okay, I'm just going to move this dirt from here to there. And then someone's going to tell me what goes on next. You have to be asking, you have to be looking, you have to be wanting to find that information out and trying to better yourself to know how to do that. And if you're in a company that's shutting that down and that's not rewarding that stuff and they're not recognizing it, I'm not saying do it for a week and then expect to be uh, the golden child on the, on the company, on the poster board. But if you're doing that for months on end and it's not getting recognized, you're in the wrong company. You're in the wrong culture. But there's lots of other guys out there that have the right company, the right culture that will recognize that and will help you along and will help you move up. And that's how you're going to do it. But you have to take the initiative first. No one's going to come to you and tap you on the shoulder and be like, okay, hey, it's time for you to start thinking ahead. <laughs> you know, if you actually want to go somewhere and do something and, and move up and get somewhere, you need to be doing that on your own. You know, and that's that's how to, you put it, put the time in first, put the work in first, and the reward comes after. But you need to be taking the time to do that. And you got to be thinking of that all the time. And a lot of people don't really do that. A lot of guys kind of get sucked in. And I mean, we can blame it on culture because it is the case with a lot of companies. They don't have that culture. But if you want to move up and you want to do something, start doing that in your company. See what happens. And if it's not the spot, start looking for somewhere that is. And that's one thing that I notice you see guys do it all the time is, you know, they, you get that resume in front of you and he's been at 17 different companies in the last five years. And you're like, <laughs> you know, sometimes you, you look and look at that company and go, oh, yeah, well, that one makes sense or that one makes sense. But that's a really good company. I mean, I work there. I know that's a good company. And so a lot of times when I see that, I ask that guy, I'm like, so who's your foreman? And they think I might not know who he is. And I still know a ton of guys at a lot of these companies. I just pick up the phone. I call. I'm like, hey, you know this guy? And he's like, oh, that guy? <laughs> you know, you can't really say what you want to say on the phone because technically all they can do is legally say they work there. But you can always tell a lot by the tone, um, guys. So if you guys burn a bridge with a former contractor that you work for, it's not the end of the world. But think about what happened that caused that issue for you at that job. Say you didn't like your foreman. Dude, I've worked for I've worked for some amazing guys and I have worked for some god awful guys. And I think everybody in the room that's been in construction knows what I'm talking about. I've worked for guys that know their stuff. I know worked for guys that thought they knew their stuff and all they're doing is hurting the company. And don't let a bad leader, don't let a toxic leader, and it's something we were dealing with right before I got out of the Army. The Army was doing a real good job of trying to get these guys out, of getting rid of toxic leaders. If you have a toxic leader, guys, you have so many avenues you can go through. You can go, if it's your superintendent, don't be afraid to pick up that phone and call the general superintendent. If it's the general superintendent, you know, go hire. Call the office and explain yourself. Believe me when I tell you this, and I'm, I know Devin knows this too. If we start getting phone calls from operators at the office about I'm having issues in the field, we take that very seriously because either A, it's you are the problem, or B, we do have a problem out in the field, but nobody else is, afraid, is, is willing to admit it and will stand up to say anything. And you wonder why if you have a horrible turnover at a company and – you're going, well, I pay my guys good. I got good equipment. They're on good jobs. 
you know, it's not me. So what's the problem? That's when you go out to the the job site, say after your foreman might be running to another job or your superintendent's at another job as an owner. And you go out there and sit down and talk to your operators. They're going to tell you the truth. They're going to be like, that guy, he don't know crap. That dude is a dick. You know, <laughs> He's, they're going to tell you, like, they're going to be like, hey, this guy is a fucking prick, man. And he... He don't know what the fuck he's talking about. And he rolls out of here at 2 o'clock every day. I just had to fire a foreman last week. I'm afraid to admit it. He knows who he is. If he listens to it, he knows who he is. He knows what he did. I'm not going to put his business out there. He knows what he did. He did it in a company truck, too. So, you know, that's the thing, guys. Like, when you're an owner of a company, it's not. <laughs> yes, you have managers that work for you. But you got to be just as quick, you know, just as quick to fire a manager as you do an operator. Well, and, and there's, it's, it's an unfortunate thing that a lot of problems, a lot of things that I do, my leadership style might be different than yours. And I think we might be different on one thing. I give a guy enough rope to hang himself. A lot of guys don't do that. I'll give you all the trust in the world till you break it. And the minute you break it, I come down and I come down hard. It is not. It's nothing personal, but I expect something out of you. If I sit you down, look you in the eye when I hire you and say, this is what I expect from you. I put it in writing and I look at you and I say, can you deliver that? And you go, yeah. And if you can't deliver that, don't get mad at me when I come down on you. Well, that's the thing. It's setting the expectation from the, from the beginning. You got to set the expectation. You got to carry the standard and you got to enforce it because at the end of the day, if somebody is not living up to that standard, whether it's a manager, superintendent or an operator, that's a cancer in the culture and mm-hmm. that'll ruin a company faster than anything else. Mm-hmm. If you ruin a good culture from one bad apple, then it's your fault. Yeah. You're the owner of the company. You got to be on top of that stuff. You got to be watching for that stuff. And you got to be pay attention for it and listen to your guys. Cause at yep. the end of the day, it's like you said, going out and talking to the guys in the field, it's easy to get stuck in the office or get stuck dealing with all this stuff and not do that stuff. But if you don't go out and talk to the guys in the field, you don't really know what's going on in the company. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, they're the ones that are going to tell you. And, the, and they'll tell you every time because they know you're the guy that writes their check. Yep. They have loyalty. Don't get me wrong. Most guys have loyalty to their foremans and supers. They do. But when they see the big boss roll up, they're going, and he's asking you a point blank question. And this is going out for those guys that are still sitting in machines like Devin was just saying. If your owner of your company does come out to your job site and he asks you what's going on and he asks you how things are going, be straight up with him. He's going to, he's going to, he has your back. I'm going to tell you that. If you have an owner that's worth any weight in in his title, he is going to have your back. And if he doesn't, then you don't need to work for that guy. Because I'll tell you right now, I will fire anybody in my company if I absolutely have to, including myself. Well, there's an asterisk to that too. Don't be a shit talker. Yeah. You're not, you're, you're not. The whole intent isn't for you to go out and start tattletailing and rat and shit talking. At the end of the day, you got to take the onus on yourself to try to try to correct the problem, try to see you know from all sides and stuff. But ultimately, if the problem not fixing itself and it's not getting better and it's getting worse and you're seeing it's causing a problem with other guys you're working with, Mm -hmm. someone's got to step up and say something. And And that goes for other operators, guys. There's guys out there that you can put one guy on a crew, man. I've seen it firsthand, time and time again. I know Devin has too. You put one bad apple on a job. And all of a sudden, all the guys are going, hey, can you put me on another job? Or, hey, uh, you know, I'm not feeling too hot. I'm not going to be here tomorrow. And then two or three days later, they quit because they went and got another job when they said they were sick. Yep. Because they don't want to be around that guy. 
You know, well, nobody needs, nobody wants to work in a hostile work environment. Nobody wants to work in a toxic work environment. And that's the key that you have to think about when you are building your company is you have to be every, <laughs> you and me kind of hit on it last episode. You know what I did today when I was, after I got off the phone with you, <laughs> I actually listened to our other episode and I was like, there's some cliff notes in there I could use for this episode. And I was <laughs> like, it was the one you said about, um, um, uh, it was about how one bad apple can ruin a whole company. And it's, it's, it's so true because there are so many things that people don't realize if you have, just say you have a really, really terrible, terrible, you know, day and you come to the job and you can't separate that from work and everybody in the field sees it. If you are a good dude, I'm going to tell you this right now, guys are going to come up to you and ask you what's going on. If they know you're a hard worker, you've proved yourself like Devin's talking about before. If you busted your butt and you've proved yourself, I guarantee your foreman's going to pull up there in his truck. He's going to be like, hey, you need to talk? He's going to ask you what's going on. Because believe me, we know. We've all been there. We know. And also, we know who our heavy hitters are. We know who our pipe hitters are. And we know who our guys that pull security are. Because there's certain guys on my crews that if they're off, I might show up because it's like, you feel it. Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. We're not hitting production guys. What's going on? And that's when you sit them down, you put, you know, bring them out at lunch or something and sit down with all the guys and go, Hey, what's going on guys? What do we need to talk about? You know, that's the conversations you got to have guys. You're never too, you're no better than anybody else. <laughs> and that's another thing that a lot of guys do. They think they're going to start a company they don't have to be out there in the crap anymore and the mud and all that stuff. And they don't have to deal with all the politics and all the crap that the job site offers that we all know about. I'm going to tell you something. You are Gandhi. You are always trying to find a peaceful resolution to the issue. And the worst thing that you'll ever have to do as an owner or in any type of management position is have to fire guys. And there is nothing fun about firing someone i know some people think that the, that a lot of these guys get their rocks off doing that i can tell you right now every guy i've ever fired in my career i go crap well ultimately you got to look at it a good leader and a good owner looks at having to fail fire somebody as a failure on their part yeah because ultimately it is yeah and that's the reality of it if i have to fire somebody it's because i didn't do a good enough job building the culture or making them feel included or, or whatever the reason is yep. it's ultimately my fault if i have to let somebody go or they got to go different ways that's a failure on my part mm-hmm. anyway you cut it any day of the week there's something it, that i didn't do to make sure that or it's something you didn't catch exactly you know you didn't see the warning signs because yep. you wanted to look past it because yep. you trusted the kid that that's something that i as an owner that i had a very hard time with for a long time i had a very tight group of guys that I used to work with. We used to operate together. We ran together for years. I brought all of them over to work for me when I first started. And we were too buddy. And I was letting these guys get away with murder. I mean, if the crap they were pulling now was happening on any of my jobs, oh, my God, they'd be drug up. See ya. There wouldn't be any, wouldn't be write-ups. <laughs> it would be like, just just go. Just, fire slow, fire yeah, fast. Yeah, just get, <laughs> just get the fuck off my job. Like, it's... It's a different world now. I mean, uh, you know, 
the thing was in the beginning, they wanted to help build it. So they were all go, go, go all the time. And then we started making money and they started seeing us buying equipment and stuff. And so everybody's getting that laxy daisy, like, man, I busted my tail, you know, and I did give them raises and stuff. It's not that at all. They just kind of got, they got comfortable. Yeah. That's the thing too. You know, everybody talks about the culture stuff and that's the other thing. Yeah. We, it's a double-edged sword though. You don't want guys getting complacent because guys start getting complacent with their job. It means they go, Hey, well, you know, I was late yesterday. They didn't catch it. Nobody said anything to me about it. Well, I'll be late tomorrow. Nobody's going to say nothing. Or, hey, I didn't clean my tracks yesterday. Nobody said anything. I'm going to clean my tracks tomorrow, even though my machine's getting moved tomorrow. So the haul driver's going to clean it. Well, I don't know. Have you driven around in Dallas? I see a lot of gear moving around. That's what I'm trying to say. That's that's the problem. (laughs) That's the problem with a lot of these companies, man. They don't they don't have any their leadership does not take any pride in their stuff. How many machines do you see hauling around? I I don't know if it's like this up north in Canada, but how many guys do you see hauling equipment around and they're filthy? You'd go to jail and never leave if some of the shit going down the highway here went down the road in Canada. Oh yeah. It's mind blowing, man. Well it's not even that and they don't take pride in their shit. Like, you know, you you, uh, you drive by any of my jobs. Yeah, they're dirty. But before they roll, if I can't get the pressure washer out there, guess what they do? They turn the fire hose on. They at least spray them off. I literally was at the site today. We've been working on these two jobs. Absolute slot pits. And the eight tons there right now sort and brush out of a pile. And it's filthy. And I got there, and I seriously considered going to get the peat and hauling the thing back to the shop just to wash it. <laughs> Because it drives me so mental. And I literally, like it was literally, I was that close to just going to get the truck to drag it back and wash it. Knowing full well it's going to get dirty the next day. But it's just like, it comes back to what you tolerate is what you're going to get, right? And that's, Mm -hmm. it starts at the top and it comes down and it's culture and leadership, man. It's, it's huge. I think the hardest thing for me was when I was working at other companies I worked at in leadership positions. I come from a really good company that they literally had a truck that came out every day and washed equipment that was moving. Like if you were moving that machine, when the, when dispatch dispatched our haul truck two hours before the truck was supposed to show up, the pressure washer guy showed up and he washed that machine because he, our owner was like, I am never going to let a machine go to a job filthy. It's a it's a representation of your company. Hundred percent, man. You show up on a job and your tractors are filthy. That GC looks at it like this guy don't give a crap about his equipment. And yeah. then your guys don't wear their safety gear and stuff. We had a real problem. I don't know if you've ever had this, but we had a real problem, and uh, that ended up having to fire a couple guys over it. You know, guys don't want to wear their hard hats. They don't want to wear their vests. You know, and, and I get it. You're running a, in a machine in a closed enclosed cab. You know. That's fine. Don't wear your hard hat. Who cares? You don't have to. OSHA says you don't. But when you step out that door, you better have a hard hat on. I mean, we got guys, we had guys wearing moccasins operating equipment. It's like, are you freaking steel-toed boots, bro? Like, (laughs) this is day one crap, man. And, you know, we'd write guys up and then send them home for three days. And they're like, well, I don't understand that. It's like, but you know what I was realizing too was, why is it I'm having to catch this? There's been a guy that comes by here every day in a pickup truck to check this job. And I know for a fact that operator got out in front of him. And he didn't say nothing. So then that foreman got written up. And, you know, like you said, it is a culture thing. But 
that's why as a leader, that's <laughs> there's so many times I was working for other companies. The owner would show up and he's wearing like a PFG shirt with some like Bahama shorts and flip flops. <laughs> and he gets out of his car or truck or whatever he's in. And, you know, he's wearing like his, you know, his, his, uh, Costa sunglasses. Cause got, he just came the from, yacht yeah, cause he just came from the lake, you know, going fishing on a Saturday. It was like, we're working on a Saturday or something. And you're going, dude, you're the owner. Like if anybody should be following the rules, it's you, bro. Starts from the top. They see and it, like, they wear it, you know, and then they wonder why a lot of these guys in the bigger companies, they wonder why when they're out on the town or something and they run into their own guys, they're disrespectful as crap to them. It's like, dude, cause they don't respect you. Like I get out of my truck. I throw my gear. Up. I literally open my back door to my truck. I, I have my vest and my hard hat and my vest is in my hard hat. And I throw my vest on, I throw my hard hat on. And if I see a single dude out there ain't wearing a shit, I'm like, Hey bro, throw your shit on. And they throw it on. And I'll tell you right now, I give you one time. Second time, it's like, hey, man, you know what? Why don't you take it to the house for the rest of the day? I'll tell you, you start doing that kind of shit, that shit stops. Cut the head off the snake, man. Yeah. That's what you got to do. And, you know, it's unfortunate. You know, I've had to fire a guy and get back on, get on his excavator and finish loading trucks the rest of the day because we were shorthanded because during COVID, <laughs> I still did it. I loaded trucks the rest of the day. Sign the tickets, too. I didn't care. I mean, at the end of the day, as an owner, there's so many things you're going to do that you're like, oh, no, it's not that It's not that hard. You know, it's you're the leader, you know. If you're running a skid steer and a little gooseneck trailer and stuff, yeah, this, this conversation really don't apply to you because you're the guy's <laughs> doing everything already. <laughs> if you're the guy who wants to build a, you know, a, a decent-sized excavation company or utility company or whatever it is, it still all applies the same way. I mean, it's it's – all the same it's at the end of the day business is business and whether you're going to be a lawyer and start a law firm or your doctor going to start a doctor's office you still have employees and it's the same concept and i will tell you something that i've noticed now that i have an office staff and stuff and this is something that i was not prepared at all is i have to stay on them more than i have to on the operators (laughs) because i'll go like i don't have to with my estimators my estimators are they're they're awesome but it's the other people i have to go like hey man did you get that change order done oh whoa, whoa, whoa. no that, that that got brought up three days ago well they haven't responded to me did you pick up the phone and call them uh, yeah left them a voicemail did you send them an email uh, it's just it's little things like that like take the initiative know, yeah, you got to take initiative. And that's the thing. Like, you can't just sit here and harp on the field guys all day long and not talk about the office guys. And my office staff's pretty pretty on it. But you got to be like, hey, guys, you know, step up here. You know, <laughs> you know you're the leadership of this company. Like, you know, you want to move up. You want the bigger salary. Well, step up, man. Put the work in first and the money comes after. It's always the way. The best guys in the office always, I'll tell you, I don't know what it is about it, but the best guys that you put in the office came out of the field. Well, because they know what it is. You yeah. Know, and that's the thing. They they started in that. They know the industry. They know what it is. They know what's expected. And it just, it becomes more cohesive that way. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to get a field guy to go in the office, though. Yeah, it is. I, I've, I don't blame I, him. I, I got very fortunate. I got one to come in, and uh, he knows who he is. He listens to the show, and he does a bang-up job. And uh, you know who we're talking about. We talk about 
We, hell, he called me when you and me were on the phone today. Got in my ass about some shit. That's when, that's when you know you got, I'll tell you this. If you've got guys that aren't afraid to use a little tact and get in your ass a little bit, that's the guys you want. You know, you got the right guys. Because that's the guys that give a shit. And it takes that kind of guy, you know, and that's the guy that's going to get you to that next level. And that's the guy you reward. That's the guy that when you can do it, you, you throw him a little, throw him a little bone here. When you can give a raise, you give him a raise. Well, that, I mean, and that's the guy you take care of. And you tell him you appreciate it and you're thankful, but don't ever let him think, take your kindness for weakness either though. That's the other thing you got to be as a leader. You cannot let someone take your kindness for weakness. You cannot be constantly kind, kind, kind. And when you snap at them, they're, whoa. <laughs> that, that's where you have to, you have to kind of initiate. It, it's a really, it's a delicate art. I call it an art. It really it's, is. You might be able to explain it better than me, but it's like. It's a fine line because you spend so much time with these people day in, day out. It's a friendship, you know, and like, mm-hmm. shit, I look at all my guys and. I'm friends with them. It's a friendship. I have a good relationship. I care about them. I want to see them do good. I want to see them, you know, all this stuff. But at the end of the day, my job as a leader running the company, I have to be able to separate work from friends, you know, and at the end of the day, when push comes to shove, if I'm hard on somebody or I give somebody shit or I push on them, it's not because I'm mad at them or I hate them. It's because I want to see them do better because I care about them. I care about them doing better and I care about them moving forward and I care about them learning more. And at the end of the day, that benefits me, but that also benefits everybody. And that's the goal and the role of a leader is to be able to have that friendship and have that easygoing relationship with your employees, but also be able to give them the, the tough love and the dad talk when they need it, right? And I find it's a lot easier when you're when you make it a habit to not let little things pass. It's easier to have a conversation about a small thing without having to blow up and without having to make a big deal out of it than it is to let the little thing pass, the little thing pass, the little thing pass, and then it turns into a big thing and you got to blow up over it. And that's, that's one thing I've learned over time is I've let the little stuff slide, let it slide, let it slide, let it slide. Then all of a sudden it's a big problem. And now we got to have a big talk. And then that's never easy. It's never a good talk. It's never easy. The other person feels like shit. And ultimately it's my fault because I didn't bring up the three, four, five little things that led to that, you know, and that's where it's, it's a fine line between being a nag and just kind of, you know, bumping them back in the right direction and constantly mm-hmm. doing that. And that takes being present in the company. It takes being conscious of what's going on and paying attention to what's going on in order to do that. If you can do that right, it helps keep bumping people in the right direction rather than having to come down on them like an iron fist. And then it's never good. I think what's fun is uh, <laughs> it's something I got pretty good at from the military. Being in a leadership in the military was... I let guys think I don't know what's going on sometimes. I do kind of do that observation stuff. <laughs> and what I'll do is, you know, I'll be on a job with them, roll up, and, you know, they'll they'll think they're on the hot seat for something. And I'm like, no, you're not. And it's because at the end of the day, if I don't have concrete evidence of you doing something, but I have a hunch you've been doing something, I'm not going to come at you until I have it. That's just the kind of person I am. I, I, I guess that's maybe just from, from the Army. I never would accuse someone of something unless I had the proof. It's just that's just the way I was brought up. I don't know. It's it's something that I do. And my guys have said something to me about it before. They're like, I noticed that, like, you know, when you got to let somebody go, it, it's not emotionless, but you're just like, oh, we got to let them go. You know, it's you just do it, and 
you go out there, whether you do it or one of the foremans or the super does it, and they're like, hey, bosses, you got to go. That's yeah. how it's going to be. And it's it's never it's never personal, and it's it's just it's business, and uh, that's the thing that we as an industry have a problem of over the years is a lot of the guys that do this industry come from very tough livelihoods. Growing up, they they had rough growing up, they grew up rough, and so you have to assume that every guy you might be talking with. You fire him, he might come jumping at you. You got to be, I mean, you got to be mentally prepared for that. You got to be, you have to be in a position of authority, but you have to be polite about it. You have to be respectful. Now, if that person starts disrespecting you, just walk away and say, hey, dude, get off my job. And I had an incident a few years ago. A guy was like, I'm going to come back here with a gun. I says, please do. Mine's in my truck. <laughs> Would not behoove of you to threaten me. I'm just, I, I'm not that guy. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and bark at you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit there and toy around with you. You're done. Your check will be mailed to you within five days. State law says that you'll have it. So, you know, in closing, I think the biggest thing that we talked about today is building your industry, your company to be in the right direction of leadership. What are some things you want to caveat off that with the end of it? Well, the main thing to keep in mind is your job as the owner and your job as the captain of the ship is 100% to be able to find out, know what your vision is and communicate that vision to everyone. If you got to have a team meeting once a week or once a month to keep everyone fresh on that, you have to know where it is that you want to go in four years, five years, 10 years down the road. And you got to be able to paint that picture for everyone. That picture has got to be big enough that it can include everybody in that room in that picture. That's that is your job as the leader. You're looking at the hundred foot view and the five years down the road. Your team's job is to deal with the day to day making that happen. But if they don't know where they're going, they're never going to be able to make the decisions on how to get there. Mm -hmm. And you got to help them make the decisions. You got to help steer them and help teach them how to make them. But if you can't paint the vision of where you're going, they're never going to be able to make the right decisions to get there. You know, and it, share that information. Don't be, don't be scared to sound crazy when you talk to your guys and you tell them, you know, we're going to be a $10 million company in five years. You know, we're going to be a hundred million dollar company in 10 years. This is how we're going to do it. This is what we're going to do. Don't be scared to say that to the guys. Don't be scared to tell people that because they need to know what their future holds. And if they don't see a future in the company, they're not going to work towards that future. To me, that's the biggest thing that you can, you need to know as a leader, you have to be able to paint that picture, paint that vision and keep it fresh. Amen, brother. Well, I really appreciate you coming on again tonight. And, uh, Anytime, man. Happy St. Patty's Day, my brother. <laughs> and, uh, guys, I hope you enjoyed the episode. It was a little short tonight. We're we're trying to enjoy a little bit of St. Patty's festivities ourselves. And uh, we hope you like and subscribe to the episode um, on Spotify. And also uh, check out our last episode we did on Episode 8. If you're listening to this one, it'll kind of give you some insight into how we're carrying on this episode. Our next episode, uh, we're going to be talking more about the next one I got Devin on. This is a series we're doing together. Um, we're going to be talking more about the culture of our of companies, um, best equipment to start out with, things like that. So we'll be kind of doing a step-by-step -step process of how to go from being the guy in a skid steer in a gooseneck trailer to 
being the guy that's got 20 machines. So hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, like I said, please like and subscribe and uh, hit that like button. Smash the subscribe button and, you know, on Spotify, give us our five stars. So uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Leave some comments, guys. Appreciate it. See you guys. Thank you.